It's the shop on the Daily Shuffle. To get in touch with the show, give us a call or text 866-285-4005. And now, here's Chip Souza. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thursday afternoon, it must be time for the shop. The shop is open. I got Ricky Fires on my left side, Paul Boyd on my right side, and we are rocking and rolling for the next hour, bringing you some good prep coverage that's going on around the Northwest Arkansas area. We are sports reporters for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and football season is here, and we have made it through the first week of games. I'm not even going to call it what week it is. No. It's just, just whatever week Too it confusing. is, it is. Too confusing. But here to help explain that is a guy smarter than any of us three. Casey Dick is with us here, the first-year coach at Fayetteville. Casey, how's it going? Uh, it's going great, guys. Appreciate you, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, let me join the show today. You betcha. You betcha. So, Casey, you guys rolled up a big 64-zip win at Saint, against St. Louis Vianney last week. Now, Casey, I, the 64 wasn't that big a surprise to me. The zero, that's what caught my attention. You know, we played great team defense. Uh, Coach Chick and our defensive staff, our coaches, have uh, got our kids, you know, doing doing a great job playing proper technique, uh, being where they're supposed to be, uh, you know, and just tackling really well. And that was the thing that, you know, we're going to pride ourselves on is putting our kids in a, in a, in a, in a spot to succeed. Uh, you know, they came out and played lights out. And, you know, the thing that we liked was, you know, we played a variety of kids in there um, in the second half, uh, and those kids responded well. Um, so it was, a, it was a great time for us to get those guys in there, but a great team uh, team win and obviously an outstanding performance by our defense. Hey, Casey, uh, this is Rick. Uh, we talked in the preseason. You said, hey, we're going to take our receivers, Connor Flanagan and Bowen, and put them in the secondary. And I said, what? Can these guys play D-back? And uh, obviously they did some good things. So how is that uh, move going for you? Well, I mean, it's going good. Uh, Bo, Bo is back there doing, a, doing an unbelievable job playing quarterback for our defense, as Coach Chick likes to call it, uh, getting everybody lined up. Uh, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's a difference maker back there for us, uh, along with Brooks Flanagan and Tavion Williamson. So they're doing great jobs uh, uh, back there all on the back end. Um, but, you know, those, those, those guys up front are, are guys that we like to pride ourselves in, and our D-line is doing a great job as far as getting where they're supposed to get um, and just playing with great energy and enthusiasm. We're talking with Casey Dick, the first-year coach at Fayetteville. They're coming off a big 64-0 shutout win uh, against St. Louis Vianney last week. Now, Casey, you mentioned that Bo Stuckey was playing back on defense. You know, Bo is one of those kids that's a multi – he's a multi-sport kid. You know, he's, he's yep. an athlete. And we talk about this and we talk about this and about these kids that specialize in one sport when they're eight years old, you know, and they get on these travel baseball teams because their parents want them, you know, to specialize in one sport because – "Quote unquote," that's the only way you can stay ahead of the competition. Casey, that's not right, is it? You're looking for kids who are athletes, is that correct? Yeah, there's no doubt. He is. He's a prime example of that. Um, you know, right now he's committed to play uh, baseball, at Missouri State, but he's also an all-state football player, uh, and you know wants to potentially pursue some opportunities to go play college football and baseball as well. So he's uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders, brought you know by by a good set of parents that have that have brought him up right Absolutely. the right way. And, yeah. Um, you know, and done the right thing with him. But but the best thing we like about him is he's just an ultimate team player. You know, he doesn't. It, it's, it wasn't easy for a kid, obviously, in today's world to switch from offense to defense or defense to offense. And he, you know, he bought into that. He's invested to it. Um, you know, and he's got a role on both sides of the ball now. May not be as as much or you know as as it was last year on the offensive side. But we're going to get him involved in our game plan in any way that we can, just because he's too valuable of a player. Okay. Casey uh, Chip and I talked earlier about um, the old adage that if you get 
two quarterbacks. You don't have one. But it looked like you guys are making it work. Look like uh, I didn't see the game, honestly, but uh, uh, Hank and uh, McLean really doing good things. So you think this uh, carry over for a while? You know, they they both bring different things to the table. Uh, you know, Hank is Hank is more you know pro pro style quarterback. Quinn can can do some different things with his feet. Um, as well as fill the ball really well. So, they, you know, they both bring different attributes, characteristics to where um, we feel like they help us out in a, in a positive manner, and you know, throughout the game. So it may be a situational deal um, to where when we put those guys in there, but they're both going to have a role in our team uh, from, here on, from here on out. Casey, are you alternating them on series, or is it whatever the, you know, is, is it based on whatever dictates it at the time, or is it whoever has the hot hand? It's situational. Um, you know, we have, like we, like I we talked about they have different packages for those guys, um, whether it's you know more of an RPO, whether it's drop back series, or you know kind of whatever it is that we want to do with that particular series is who will end up playing. Um, those guys have done a great job of getting get involved in the game plan. Um, so I mean we look we look forward to see how it's going to work out from here on out and, and keep that thing going. All right, now you're going to go to Wasso, Oklahoma. Chip and I was at that game. Uh, they came back and won that game against West. West looked like they were in control, and boom, here comes uh, here comes a Wasso block punt. Uh, ran another one in defensively. Their quarterback is really good. Isaiah Jacobs, outstanding running back. So, what do you see about them that give a team fits? You know everything that you just mentioned. Uh, obviously, they're they're well coached by Coach Blankenship. They're going to you know they're sound on defense, sound on offense. They're going to put themselves in position uh, to be successful. You know it'll be a test for us as far as uh, tackling Isaiah, and we got to make sure that we're doing a good job of uh, of fitting in our gaps and coming off the edge and and and, and just overall tackling by a team. And offensively, we just got to do do a good job of executing. They're going to line up and, and put their kids in, in a successful situation to. Uh, be put in a good spot to succeed. So we'll have to come out and play good football on both sides of the ball and on special teams. If you look back at that game, um, anytime two teams like this get lined up and start playing, uh, ultimately it's going to be special teams that are, that are going to make a break. So we, you know, we got to take care of that as you guys saw last week. Casey, Coach Blankenship, of course, he was at Fayetteville for one season, uh, won a state championship. He didn't leave any of his offensive playbook there in a, like a drawer or something, did he? Maybe give you a little insight into, into what's going he didn't on. Leave, he didn't leave anything laying around for sure. Dang it. Uh, he's, okay. a, he's, a, he's a great coach, obviously. had a lot of success at what he does. Yep. Uh, and he's just, you know, we, we thank him for his, his time here at Fayetteville. Absolutely. And you won't find a classier individual out there than Bill Blankenship. That's correct. Hey, Casey, uh, I'm from Arkansas, and the people, I love to see these border games. And uh, you know, your kids want to win for themselves and their community, but do you sense that they really want to win as well, maybe for the state of Arkansas against the state of Oklahoma? You know, I think it's something that they take pride in, just going out and representing, you know, our, our state and our community in the, in the city of Fayetteville. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of these kids have grown up here and you know been a part of here for for a long time so they want they want to do the right thing and go out and have a good uh outing and showing for us now casey not only did you get a win last week in your your first game at fayetteville but your, but your boy crosby tuck got a win in his first game at van buren so how proud uh of that are you for him yeah they did a great job uh you know that's a, a program where he, he took over and did a great job and it just continued everything that he's done and kind of implemented how things that he wanted to implement as far as to put his stamp on everything. Um, and obviously they got off to a big start. They got a big game this week against uh, Alma. They do. And uh, and Coach Lothar said they would be a little bit more prepared for Van Buren this year <laughs> than they were last year. You guys put, put the knot on their head at Alma. And they didn't take that very well. 
Um, so that'll be that should be a great game on Friday. That great uh, Crawford County rivalry, Alma against Van Buren, and uh, you know that that's what these that's what these games are all about, especially these non-conference games like this, where you get to you know to play those you know those games that you won't play in conference that are just for community pride, so to speak. Right. Exactly. Those are, those are big time games for that community, uh, for our community, and all those things. It's just it's a fun, awesome atmosphere. You know. We'll have two of the most awesome atmospheres in high school football um, down there in, in Van Buren and obviously in Owasso with the atmosphere and everything they'll have. So our kids are looking forward to it uh, and just going out there and having a great time. We have been talking with Casey Dick, the first-year coach over at Fayetteville. They have a big one Friday night. They're going to cra- travel over to the Tulsa area, play Owasso. That'll be a good one. Casey, thanks for jumping on with us. We know that you got a big practice to, uh, lined up here in a few minutes or a walkthrough or whatever you guys do on Thursday. Thanks for being here. And listen, good luck to you guys, and go represent. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me. You are listening to The Shop, part of the Daily Shuffle. We're going to go pay a few bills, and we'll be right back, and we'll be joined by the legend, Danny Absher, the Prairie Grove legend. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's The Shop. On the Daily Shuffle, call the show at 866-285-4005. Now back to the shop with Chip Souza. We are rolling along on a Thursday afternoon. Yes, this is the shop, part of the Daily Shuffle. We are sports reporters with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and we bring it in here hard every Thursday from 2 to 3 o'clock. Now, we're not pros. We don't have the smooth voice as, uh, like Zach and some of them other guys, but we're just like a couple old guys sitting here at a barbershop uh, cussing and griping and second-guessing. That's what we do. The world's <laughs> problems are solved right here. Absolutely. Every, you know, every Thursday. I don't know about the other days of the week, but definitely every Thursday. If you want to know anything about anything, we can't really tell you the answer to it, but we will lie and say we can. We can make it up, yep. So, and I learned from the best. I learned it from Danny Absher. He t- hey, Coach, are you with us right now? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm there. You know, I don't know. Y'all sound pretty professional to me. And no one can mistake that uh, that little accent that Rick Fires got. So, hello, Rick. How are you? Hey, Danny. Yeah, hey, let me ask you right but You know, I know people at Prairie Grove, and I was in the post office, and a lady told me you was playing in high school when they opened up Allen Highland Field. Is that right? Uh, I, don't about, I don't know about opened it up, but I've played on that field more than once. Okay. Well, uh, man, you got a huge game over there on Friday night. They're opening up New Cardinal Stadium. They're going to be a lot of hoopla. Have you heard about it, or have you seen the New Cardinal Stadium? What's your reaction? I've not been in it. Uh, I've seen some pictures of it, uh, and wow, it's impressive. Uh, that's something to be really happy with, really, really proud of. I just say it's you know it's kind of fitting, fitting that you know Prairie Grove Farrington being a rivalry for a long time. Uh, it's kind of fitting that that we get to face each other on that brand new stadium of theirs. It kind of is, Coach. Now, a, a little known trivial fact that you know, you, unless you're from here, you might not know that Coach Absher actually is from Farmington. He doesn't admit that often. But uh, but but he he is from far. So I mean, coach, you got to feel a little bit of pride there that Farmington's you know got this new facility. Just a just a twinge, just a twinge. <laughs> there's, maybe there's a lot of people. My dad still lives over there. Okay, and, you know I was raised there, K through twelve, and nothing about it. But I've lived here longer than I lived there. Now so, there's something. You know, now, a, now Danny, a lot of people, you know, unless you're from Prairie Grove, don't know this. Danny Danny's field at Prairie Grove, I'd put that up yes. against anybody's field, and Danny <laughs> takes care of that field. And, yeah. 
I do one, know. one of the few grass ones left right here. It's a, it's burnt just a little bit. I, I hope everybody got said, well, it's a junior high game, and maybe he just uh, kind of fall down. It doesn't look great right now, but it, it could. I just burn it a little bit. But, yeah, take care of it. Love, love to take care of it. After years, you know, the, the conversation, do we go grass? I mean, do we go turf? Do we stay grass? And, uh, hey, it's just – it looks pretty good. It does as well uh, with the oncoming soccer teams, uh, and we're starting to feel more and more pressure. So who knows what's going to happen? Coach, in the I, I I cannot even wrap my mind around the fact that Prairie Grove would play on carpet. I can't I can't I can't wrap my mind around that. And I, I don't see Thomas Sainer and Dylan Dylan Sainer and, and and the thousand Bartholomews you've had go through there. I can't see them playing on carpet. I don't want to see them soccer lines all over the football field. <laughs> Well, Coach, uh, Rick and I were talking about this, and we didn't get a chance. I didn't watch the whole game, but did you have a chance to see uh, Dylan play any? Dylan Sainer, uh, of course, the tight end from Prairie Grove that's now playing at Iowa State. They had a triple overtime win Saturday, and he he had a big catch in that game. Coach, you get to see any of that? I didn't see it. I get get the report, and I I try to watch. It's just, oh, you know, it's uh, a lot of things going on, you know, face to the grindstone. You know, honestly enough, I don't get to, get to see the Razorbacks play out here very often, and it's just right down the street because constantly getting ready in the same season. You know, football season is as you got to go. You got to take care of, uh, of business right now. So I get reports. I can see highlights. Uh, you know, the coaches keep me posted on what's happening, and, and once in a while I get to see Dylan play. But he is into it. He's loving it, and he looks great. He does He's look great. Fine. Yep. Hey, speaking about that, uh, Danny, uh, there's going to be a lot of hoopla, a lot of people looking around and, and admiring the new stadium. How difficult is it for you to just tell your players, hey, forget all about that. You got to block that out. You got assignments to do, and you got the game prepared for. How difficult is that? Well, I don't, I don't know exactly what they're, they're going to uh, pull off as far as hoopla goes. Uh, Coach Adams said that they may do a couple of extra things, said we need to be off the field uh, at a time that's that's uh, coincidental to when you'd get off time for uh, a uh, homecoming game, homecoming game. So uh, I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna do, but I, I know this: we've played in some pretty nice stadiums, and you know, like Shadow puts on a pretty nasty pregame show yep. with the lights going off, and I hear that uh, that's kind of the thing now: people flashing lights on touchdowns. And Gentry did that versus Dardanelle, and uh, I don't know what's gonna happen, but we've played in some nice stadiums. We've seen them. Uh, hopefully, we're not staying there wide-eyed in in awe while uh, while the football's moving. <laughs> hey, Coach Paul Boyd here, and uh, you know you talk about the not being wide-eyed. You know the the battle of uh, Highway 62 there. That that ought to be enough to get get both teams ready to go, right? Yeah, that is, and without a doubt, both sides. Uh, and there's an it's close proximity. It's so close that, that you know you know so many people on both sides. There's friends, you know, uh, guys in Prairie Grove say they got uh, uh, long-standing uh, uh, <laughs> uh, things laid on the game. Ooh, little wagers uh, there, maybe. You know, some uh, mm-hmm. some uh, maybe a dinner here or there. Just yep. every year, it, it's set, and they don't even have to call each other. Things of that nature. And, uh, you know, you got daddies from way back in both towns that have moved from this town to that town and back and forth. And, and so, yeah, there's, it's a, it's a good, good, good environment, I think. It's uh, fitting to say. I just hope it's not so hot you can't breathe out there tomorrow. That's good. Well, we are talking with Danny Absher, the longtime coach at Prairie Grove. Um, coach, uh, you know, how, how are the Tigers looking? You know, this is your first game. I'm, I'm sure your guys are tired of hitting on each other. Um, so, I'm, are, are they just itching to get out there and hit somebody in a different in a different jersey? 
Well, I would hope I would hope so. Uh, when you're looking at them, I, I don't think uh, from uh, the coach's standpoint, uh, standing in the forest there, you know, you may uh, may not be able to see a couple of trees for the forest of what's going on. But I don't think any coach is totally satisfied at this point. Like, hey, we're looking pretty sharp. We're looking pretty good. I don't think that's going on anywhere. It's a big question mark going, hmm, wonder, wonder how good we are, wonder what's going to happen here uh, this Friday night whenever we do face off with somebody. And your scrimmages give you a little hint, uh, but uh, those are usually controlled a little bit with uh, uh, not a full out, full quarters, go after it. So you know, we got an idea, uh, but never can tell. You know, when, the, when our artillery starts going off, who's going to have their head up and who's going to have it down. Okay, Danny, I assume you've seen them on film or seen them in a scrimmage. Uh, what do you think they do particularly well? I heard Coach Adams think that Drew Sturgeon may be one of the best receivers uh, in the state. So what what do you think you're going to expect from Farmington? Well, no no doubt about it. Uh, he's uh, he's an excellent receiver, and he's got some other ones that's standing around him too. Uh, so what do they do well? What do they do most? I don't th- I don't think we've seen that. I don't think he's shown that. I don't think we've seen enough of them to, to see exactly what they – I know their running back is good, and, and they usually have, but I think their defense – Kind of stands out. They're solid. You know, they seem really solid. They got some returners back from last year, uh, like like uh, the Kilgore uh, linebacker. He he had like 18 tackles versus us last mm-hmm. year, and he's got his cohort standing right next to him. So he's more mature. He's played through the 5A season before. So this guy's probably ready to go. He probably understands, and he understood last year. This is what Prairie Grove does. This is what I'm going to do, and so he, he did a good job. We've got to try to neutralize him somehow. Coach, you guys will still be in that single wing, right? Uh, let's go. I'm wing sorry, T. wing T. Well, I, I was thinking about. I was thinking. I started thinking about Clarksville. Clarksville. You guys scrimmage yeah. Clarksville, and they run the single wing. But you guys will still be in that wing T. You you hadn't you hadn't gone to that spread yet, right? Uh, well, we tried it a little bit, and we had some success with it. And we're we're kind of figuring out that uh, you know running the ball, getting back to our offense uh, uh, of old, uh, which is not quite as flashy, not quite as. Uh, uh, I like it. Stand up and cheerish. Uh, the, we we like running the ball. We'll throw it a little bit, and we're trying to get back to that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we put you to sleep with our run game. Throw it over your head once in a while. This is exactly why I like to cover uh, Prairie Grove football. They run that football. Country Absolutely. boy football. Yes, Love it, sir. Danny, thanks for being on with us. I know you got a big practice coming up. Getting ready for the big game of the week coming up Friday over at Farmington. Coach, go get them. Hey, thanks for having us. You've been listening to Danny Absher, the coach of the Prairie Grove Tigers. They'll be taking on Farmington on Friday. This is a shop. We're going to take a little break right here. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jennifer Golden, the volleyball coach at Greenwood. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Now back to Chip Souza. Got to give my man Zach Arnes some props today back in that room. He is rolling some great lead-in music coming into each segment. I like the horns. Is that, is that Chicago? No. I can't, I can't think of who it is, but I don't think it's Chicago. Didn't you have a relative, Sousa, that was in a big marching band back in the <laughs> 1920s? I did. I'm still getting big royalties from that. <laughs> Not. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Shop, part of the Daily Shuffle, and, of course, we are sports reporters for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And we are going to be joined now by Jennifer Golden. She is the highly successful volleyball coach down at Greenwood. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Good deal. Hey, Jennifer, Paul Boyd here. Hey, we really appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Man, uh, let's let's talk about – jump right into it. Talk about that uh, – 
that gauntlet of an early season schedule that you guys uh, set up, man, that, that's uh, all designed to make your team better, though, right? Yes, sir. We we started out with Fable um, and played a marathon match of five sets. Um, first four sets, we either won or lost by two points. And then in that last set, uh, we just couldn't pull it out. We kind of got stuck. We lost 15-11. But it was a great match, and we really enjoyed playing them. Um, from there, we went to Harbor the very next day, um, beat uh, beat Harbor in four tough sets, and um, get back uh, from to, there. We got the North Side, and you, you yeah. do the North Side South Side shuffle. I mean, that, you, I do. Yeah, that, that's that's the dance the, move. We do the cross town yeah. travel. That's the dance move that Rick Fire does. Rick Fires does that uh, dance move, Coach. He does the uh, north side, south side shuffle. You, sh- you should watch it. It's, it's fantastic. Right there on Rogers Avenue. <laughs> shows two to four. <laughs> Coach, uh, you know, you guys, and, and I know you set that up, uh, you know, to, to test your team. Uh, just talk about the, the returnees. You've been in the state finals back to back years. How do you feel like this team's shaping up? You know, we expect our team to be right back in it this year. Um, we have quite a few returners that have been playing for the last couple of years. Um, it's going to be a good year. I set up the schedule, like you said, early so that it was tough, so that it would lead into our conference season, and hopefully it's going to prepare us right where we need to be. Uh, I know uh, Cam Presley is is one of your, your better players, and uh, Izzy Davis, your libero, those are two that have been around for the last couple of years. Uh, what uh, what does Cam bring to you, bring to your team uh, this year, especially with uh, with one of your players getting injured over the summer? Well, Cameron has been on has been on the varsity team since she was a freshman, so she's got lots of experience and lots of leadership. And just to have her on the team with a state championship under her, uh, well, no, she doesn't have a state championship. Well, wait. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. Um, just it's, it's everything that you want as a coach to, um, to have a kid like that be able to come in and lead your team. We are talking with Jennifer Golden, the volleyball coach at Greenwood. Now, Coach, you have been coaching at Greenwood. How long have you coached there? This is my 19th season. Coach, in that time frame, you know, volleyball is a lot different, you know, now than it was when you first started. What, what do you think are some of the some of the big changes that we've seen? Gosh, since we started, we were not playing three out of five sets. We were not playing rally score. Um, we did not have a libero. Um, so many many changes going on since since we've started or not since I've started here. But it's been a lot of good changes. I like I like seeing the sport evolve. You know, it wasn't that long ago, Coach. It seemed like the northeast part of the state really dominated volleyball. Jonesboro, West Side, you Valley know, Valley View, View those schools, um, and they were they were among the first to really have the good summer programs, the the, the AAU programs, that you know that kind of thing. And it kind of took a while. I remember for the north northern part of the state and the northwest and the western part to kind of get into that, but that's kind of changed the, the dynamic of volleyball in the state. Now it's competitive all the way around. Correct. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the the Jonesboro area. I know that they're they're deep and rich in the history of volleyball. So they have the Delta region where all of the clubs started over there. Um, when I started here at Greenwood, we had club volleyball in Fort Smith with Fort Smith Juniors. 
But to see it, how it's evolved with, you know, Ozark up north in the Fayetteville area, and then we even have our own little club here come out of Greenwood. So it's it's really cool to see. Uh, Coach, how, how do you feel like that that has helped to benefit the, the kids in this area? And, I mean, how have you to, – to give them maybe more of a shot uh, to be recruited collegiately? Oh, gosh. I can't say enough of uh, what the what the youth sports programs do for us. Um, I can attest that I probably have close to a hundred kids, ages eight and eight all the way up to seventeen or eighteen years old, playing um, every year in a club sport. So the exposure they get, you know, when they're going to camps and when they're going to tournaments and out of state, that that they're going to is just it's tremendous and it's really helpful how do you feel like your team has has developed over the course of say the last five to ten years i mean do you feel like your your program what have y'all done specifically to kind of develop your program and and be continually successful like you have (laughs) there's a lot of learning going on through the years um as a coach you grow and you kind of see where mistakes are made and you kind of change things and you you look forward. I, I feel like we do a really good job of team building and building a family atmosphere, which I think for girls sports is almost um, almost more than half of what you've got to work on for being a successful program. So we really try to focus on those types of things along with learning the game and advancing our play. And Coach, can your top female athletes play both sports, start off with volleyball, then slide into basketball, or is there too much overlap there? You know, we have kids that try it. Um, it's it's almost, it's most definitely encouraged. Uh, I have several kids that play volleyball and then go to soccer or play volleyball and then go to softball. That's pretty easy. With the club scene, it, the kids like to travel, and so it gets kind of hard because that's during basketball season. Um, we've had a few try over the years, but not quite have made it all the way through all four years of their high school career where they've been able to do both. It, you know, it is tough to play volleyball, I think, in basketball because of, you know, the volleyball season doesn't end until, you know, early November, correct? Right. And correct. basketball's already been practicing for a couple of weeks. Now, if you have, you know, a star athlete, let's take, for example, well, the young lady at Harbor, um, Kaylin Coons. Kaylin Coons. She will mm-hmm. be she will be the exception to that rule because she will play both and she will play both well. But um, it's it's rare, I think. Wouldn't you say, Jennifer, it's rare that you see that type oh, of athlete? Yeah, yeah that that can yeah. successfully play both at the at a high level like that. Absolutely, yeah. But it's doable. I mean, I I believe in that. It's just um, a matter of working with that athlete and knowing that they're making themselves better no matter what sport they're playing. Uh, Coach, uh, do you feel like your your team's starting to take a little shape? I know this weekend you come into the and you're going to compete in the early bird at Bentonville. Some really really good teams. Uh, uh, how do you feel like they they are at this? Give me kind of how you feel like your team is right now. I feel like we've set ourselves up very well. Um, I feel good about going into this tournament. We have a, a good pool. I think that will give us great competition. And hopefully we can learn some things and improve on some things that we saw that we needed for these last few matches in this preseason before conference starts. Now, I don't know how many listeners that we have out there that, that, that have seen much volleyball, but let me tell you, if you, if you have not watched 
a lot of girls volleyball. It is a phenomenal sport. It is a fast game. It is, I mean, it, the athletic ability of these girls and what they can do and, the, and their jumping ability and, and all that, um, I would put that up against any, any athlete in any sport. It's, it's incredible. Um, and so, you know, this weekend, Paul mentioned this tournament going on in Bentonville. You know, go over there and catch some of that. You know, catch some of that action and see that because these girls are absolutely incredible athletes playing this sport. And it's so fast. Um, the scoring is fast. Um, I'd, I'd encourage anybody to go check it out. Absolutely. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we're uh, we're up against it here, uh, Jennifer. We really appreciate you taking some time to to visit with us, and uh, hopefully, I can see get a chance to see your team some on Saturday, Coach. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. You've been listening to Jennifer Golden. She is the volleyball coach at Greenwood, won a state championship year before last, played in the final again last year, and I'm sure they'll be right back in the mix for it again this year. So we are through three quarters here on the shop. we got to go pay a few bills. We'll be right back to wrap this up for the fourth quarter. Stay with us. Come right back. Now back to the shop with Chip Sousa. I'm sorry, I'm just sitting over here playing air drums into the background. I told you, man, Zach is bringing it today. He is bringing the music in there hard and heavy. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> if it's not Motown or Red Dirt Country, I don't know what it is. So who's your favorite Motown singer of all time? The four Tops. There you go. I love the Marvin Gaye. Yeah, Marvin Gaye. In fact, it's last night I listened to uh, What's Going On. You know, this yeah, song, What's, what's Going On. That's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's not like this, What's Going On. No, no, it's What's They're Going really On. They're really going on. Yeah, that was a fantastic song. Yep. So we're down to the final quarter here on today's show. Rick, we had some good games that we saw last week. Paul, same thing. So, Rick, let's start over. The game of the week, the, the uh, NWADG's game of the week, was Owasso at Bentonville West. Rick and I were over there for that. And something that we have just started this year that we want to alert everybody to is Rick and I are going to a selected game of the week every week, and we're doing a little live show before the game starts. And uh, this week we'll be at Farmington. That is the, the game of the week this week at Farmington. We'll be over there for their new, uh, new opening of their new stadium yep. uh, at 530. So if, if anybody's out there listening and wants to come in and, and uh, be background, as long as you keep it clean, uh, be background behind us there. We love to have the you know a large crowd around us, and and uh, you know it's 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 high school football. It don't get any better than that. I know, and it's like over at uh, Bentonville West. There was an exciting game. Uh, West looked like um, they were going to get them midway through the second half. I said, my goodness, West is going to win this game. But uh, I think we discussed it later, and even one of the coaches admitted, man, they just got worn down like they they got too many guys going both ways. And, and Bill Blankenship, if he sees a weakness in, in you, he's going to take advantage of it. That's the thing that Coach that Coach Pratt talked about is that they do have a lot some players, and not just players going – both ways, but really key players going both ways. And Jonas Hickson is one of them. Nick Whitlatch is another one. Yep. Um, and those are guys that are going to have to catch their breaks when they can. That's going to be the, the key to them. Paul, it's kind of like a baseball manager. And how do you use your bullpen? And the way you use your bullpen determines what kind of success you're going to have in the postseason. you got to pick your, you got to pick your spots you to do. use those key players, just what you said. Uh, and and pick those spots to give those guys breaks. Exactly. Hey, hey this series, you're off. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're gonna. So if you're Bentonville West, and we saw that both Hickson and Whitlatch ran the ball pretty well at times last week. They both ran the ball real well because yeah. they're playing offense and defense, and they're both playing running back on offense. 
So, you know, if you're if you got the ball on offense and you're rolling in, in Hicks and, and or Whit, Whitlatch is rolling and picking you up five, six, seven yards of carry, you're going to stay with that. You're going to stay with that. And so what that means is that you're going to have to really monitor what he does when you give up the ball, and that's where you're going to try to get him the breaks. But, you know, anytime you're without one of those guys on the field – you know, that's big holes. Yeah. You know, that's big holes. And so it's going to be, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch. And, of course, Coach Pratt is a very, very good coach. And, and that's what they're going to use these three games for is to figure out how to utilize those guys yep. in the best spots to give their team the best chance to be successful. So Bentonville West, they had a, had a lead against Owasso, uh, had a two-touchdown lead. Ended up – Owasso ended up scoring the last four touchdowns of that game and won that one 47-34. to Paul – what about your game Friday? Yeah, Fort Smith Northside, uh, first game for new Rogers Heritage coach uh, Steve Hookfin at, at Gates Stadium. Uh, Northside, just a little too much athleticism. Boy, three their first three offensive plays from scrimmage, touchdowns. How did Drayden Norwood look at quarterback for Northside? Uh, pretty good. Uh, and I'm being I'm – being, I'm, that's understatement there for the folks who don't know. Uh, he – he threw for one and ran for two in those three plays we're talking about. So they had a 22 nothing lead right out of the shoot. So Northside's had to replace a lot of its offensive players from last year, and Deuce Wise being one of those. He was their quarterback last year. Terrific athlete, terrific player, um, was the leader of their team. So he graduated. Drayden Norwood is related. I think he's a cousin to Trey Norwood, um, who was, was a freshman, first-year starter at OU. Unfortunately, was injured, tore ACL this yep. year. Season-ending. Uh, Season-ending, yeah. so he will be out this year. But a tremendous player. Northside always has great talent. So I, when I was talking with Coach Fleur before the season, he said that he induced uh, Wise – I'm talking about Drayden Norwood. He induced Wise had a lot of similarities. This is a scary thing, though. He felt like Drayden was a better athlete. Than Deuce, if that don't send chills up and down your spine, uh, you're not paying attention. Well, and you got to and you throw in a guy named Jackson King there, who's, who's also an outstanding athlete. You know, last year he was he was you know a, a backup, and this year you know he's he's the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Northside, I know Coach Floor, they had a scrimmage against West. He was not pleased at all with the way that they played in that scrimmage. So it sounded like they've. Uh, Practiced a little bit. Uh, Firm thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what's the old line that uh, cleans some things up? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, so we had that. Uh, we don't, we've already mentioned Fayetteville opened up the season with a big win um, at home. Springdale went on the road to Joe T. Robinson last week, and Springdale graduated basically its entire offensive unit from last year. Um, so we knew talking with Coach uh, Zach Clark that they were going to um, it's going to be baby steps with them this year. They fell behind twenty zero. Um, against Joe T. And Joe T's, you know, was a state finalist last year in 4A. Um, but St- Springdale came back, and they trailed 20-0 at halftime, but they came back and took their first two possessions of the second half in for touchdowns. Nice drives. I mean, really nice, crisp drives. Got to within 20-14. to 14. Of course, they, they, then it kind of went a different uh, direction on them. But that shows that, that – uh, well, first, number one, Zach, we know Zach Clark's a great offensive mind. And he's going to have his guys in position to uh, to do well on offense. But that what had to be encouraging uh, for them to come out and uh, in the second half and, and have two really productive um, scoring drives like that. Uh, Connor Hutchins, he's their he's their quarterback. He he started one game last year. Um, he came in. He threw. He had three uh, touchdown passes um, in that game. So uh, baby steps for Springdale, but some definitely some positive signs. You know, and just what you said about Robinson, they play. 
Rodgers on, on Friday, and I'll get a chance to see both those teams tomorrow night. And uh, Coach, Loy- Coach Mike Lloyd was talking about that start, exactly what you said. They, get, they fell into a 20-0 hole. We can't do that. He exactly. Said, you know, we can't have early mistakes, busted assignments. They turn into touchdowns. Now, of course, the crazy game of the week last week was Pulaski Academy and Springdale Harbor. Yeah. Now, Springdale Harbor played without Micah Seawood. He had an injured hamstring. He did not play in that game. They still scored 68 points in this game without their arguably number one. If he's not number one, he's 1A mm-hmm. receiver in this game. Uh, they uh, – Harbor – PA, we talked about this and how they onside kick after every touchdown and whatever. Relentless. What happened in this game is that is it Harbor uh, had a fumble. PA scored a touchdown. Drove it, scored a touchdown. They onside kicked 12 times in this game. Uh-huh. 11 of the times, Harbor recovered it. The one time they didn't was after this touchdown that they scored after the fumble. So that's 14 points. Harbor gets the ball back and they throw a pick. And PA goes and scores again. That's 21 points. Harbor never could make up that gap. They got within 16 a couple of times. It ended up being a 16-point game, but 21 points. They just couldn't, you know, couldn't come back. They ended up losing that game, 84 to 68, in regulation. I've already expressed I don't like games like that. I like see little <laughs> defense. My goodness, we've come a long way from when we used to play field position. I've even seen coaches punt on. Third down, uh, I'd rather see a seven-six game. I've said it before, and, and I'm standing by that. It was a big game. It was a big game for the Harbor quarterback Blaze Wishing. He had five touchdown passes that game through for about 350 yards or so. Um, running back Jay Burns, we talked about him a little bit last year. He was a kind of a kind of came on late. Uh, 246 yards rushing um, Friday, uh, Thursday, and it was a Thursday night game. 246 yards rushing. So Harbor big time numbers. Obviously, they're going to have to clean it up on defense, and they're going to have to protect the ball. They had three turnovers in that game, which were huge. You can't do three that. Touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns. And and then you throw in the onside kick that didn't recover. So, you know, talked to Chris uh, Wood this week, and he said, you know, he's proud of the way his kids fought to the end, but they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to clean things up, obviously, um, you know, moving forward. But offensively, they're, you know, they're going to be incredible. So we had, you know, had those games going on. Um, Harrison came in. Huge, huge win against P. Ridge. We knew Harrison was going to be really good. They got everybody back from last year. I think Harrison, I think Harrison could meet PA for the state championship in class five. I would not be surprised by that. But big props go out. Clarksville got a big win against Boonville. Now Boonville was without some starters, but still that was Clarksville's Super Bowl. They got a big win there. All you need is a little bit of confidence. And that goes a long way, so I'm hoping for Clarksfield. I'd like to see them do well. Chris Buckner, he's their coach over there. Great guy. Single wing. Absolute single wing. So that kind of wraps it up for today. We are uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the game here, and we're not down 84 to 68 in this one. We uh, feel like we're coming out with a close win. So you've been listening to the shop, part of the daily shuffle. Don't forget, we got Ruskin and Zach coming in. They're going to get you stirred up. They might talk a little hog football. Who knows where that's going to go? So you want to stay here with them. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week.